Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. What is a lead? And I think this is an important question because I'm a huge fan about reverse engineering the whole process, um, figuring out how many leads you need to get an appointment, how many appointments you need to get a deal, how, how many leads you need to get a deal, that kind of thing. So it's very important to define what a lead is. You know, there are people out there, you know, and they run their business that anybody who responds to a piece of mail is a lead. Anybody who responds to a cold calling, cold calling campaign is a lead. Anybody who responds to a text is a lead. I do not ascribe to that definition of a lead whatsoever. Most of the people that respond to almost anything you're going to send out, um, besides maybe pay-per-click, are going to be negative. Most of the people that call us back say, take me off your list, or why are you calling me, or well, I'm not selling anything. I don't consider that a lead. There are people who work that on leads, and then they work on net leads, people that are actually interested. For me, it's a complete waste of time to have somebody in the system that's not interested in selling. So let me talk about how I define a lead and why there are two parts to it. Um, I define a lead as number one, two things. Number one, someone who has a house in an area I want to buy in. Okay, and that we'll talk about that in a second. And two is thinking, at least thinking about selling it. That is a lead for me. So let's talk about each of those parts. So number one is has a house or controls a house in an area you want to buy in. So I am guilty of shiny object syndrome just like anybody else. And I remember someone called me and said, I'm not selling my house in Long Island, which is where we buy, but I have something in St. Thomas. And I, like a moron, spent probably two to three hours researching this guy's house in St. Thomas before I realized I'm never going to be able to determine what the value is. And God knows how it works in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And that was a huge waste of my time. I should have dumped that guy right away and never, ever wasted a minute on him. Um, but it's important that the guy has a house. So it can't be... My, my sister has a house. That's not a lead yet. The sister is the lead. So unless they're handling all everything for the sister. So that's number one. They have to have a house, own a house or control a house in an area you want to buy in. And the second part is they're interested in selling. So many people will not, def will not consider someone a lead unless they want to sell at a discount. To me, that doesn't work. I, I believe that people even want to sell full retail are a lead. So there's two reasons for that for us. The first one is that we do take listings. Now, I'm not stupid enough to think that we're going to get a lot of listings on people that already have a relationship with a realtor. I don't believe that. But occasionally, uh, a listing will go south, and you've talked to them, and they'll give you a shot to, to list it. That's not it's not where we where we where we make most of our money. But also, what all that means to me is if someone wants full retail, is that they don't have enough motivation right now. There are two main things that could change that motivation. The first is time, right? If someone wants to sell their house for four hundred thousand dollars, they list it for a year and they get one offer for $310,000, they will have a lot more motivation in, in time. And the second thing is circumstance. So someone who wants to sell their house for full retail, but can't for whatever reason, or just had a buyer that was at their price that just fell through, is a much more motivated seller. So circumstances can change too, right? The buyer could fall through. They may have a deadline. They may be buying another property and can't afford to buy it until they sell this. They may be having to be relocated for jobs. We've got every story under the book. So both time and circumstance can change. So that to me is a lead, a lead that needs to be followed up with. Um, good example, we just evicted someone after a significant period of time on someone that, on a property um, in Hempstead where we had been speaking to the seller for almost two years. So I could have easily blown this seller off and said, this guy is not interested in coming to our price. 
Um, but I stayed with him for a long time and he came down and we bought the property from him uh, about a year ago. So that guy had a property and wanted to sell it. He just had other things going on and didn't want to come down to the price, but his motivation changed over time. So <coughs> we see that all the time with follow through, but it's crucial that you have a definition for lead. You don't need my definition of a lead. I don't care if it's the same, but you need to define a lead clearly. So that when you, so when you have a CRM, a customer retention management system, whether it's Podi or anything else, or, or even if it's just a Google sheet, you know what should be in there and what shouldn't. Because when you're starting out, you're going to talk to a lot of people who are the farthest thing from leads, right? I, I don't understand how people consider it a lead when somebody calls and starts yelling at you and says, take me off your list. I, I don't want it. I don't want that guy anywhere near my system. I don't want to ever speak to him again. I don't want to look at him. I don't want anything. Now, there are people who say, people who tell you, take me off the list. One day might change too. I understand that. If a guy has some motivation, I might keep him as a lead. All right, so let's talk more about motivation and what motivation is. So uh, we use Brent Daniels' definition of the four pillars of motivation. Um, four things that really motivate someone to sell the house to you. So the first one is condition, right? So we always ask people, tell me a little bit about the house. And sometimes they won't tell us anything about the condition. They'll tell us that their grandfather built it with his own hands. They'll tell us uh, about the driveway. So you want, but, then, but most of the time they'll talk to you about condition. So just the opposite ends of the spectrum. If someone says this house is a full gut job or a knockdown, that's good. That's real good. And if somebody says I just renovated it all last month, that's not as good. Those are not disqualifying factors because you have to go through all four pillars of motivation and you have to understand that most things are going to be in the middle. A lot of people are going to tell you their house, it's fine, it's okay. And really it's not. But the first is condition. The second is time, right? We always ask them, ideally, when would you want to sell this? And so the opposite ends of the spectrum. If they tell you, I need to sell it immediately or I need to sell it yesterday, that's really good. If they say, I'm just looking, I'm in no rush, not as good. But again, neither of these things, any of these things by themselves, even if it's on the worst end of the spectrum, doesn't disqualify the lead because there could be other factors. The third part is called motivation or the reason why they're selling. So we ask them why you want to sell. So again, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Why I want to sell? Because, I got, because I'm in foreclosure and I have equity and if I don't sell it, I'm going to lose it all to the bank. That's great. Or my son's uh, needs to be bailed out tomorrow. That's great uh, for us. Uh, and the opposite inspector is, um, you know, I don't care. I, I can sit with this forever. Not as good. And then the fourth pillar is price. So we use the system to get price from them, and we ask them what they want for. You know, what, you know, what are they looking for? So um, even if all three of those other pillars of motivation aren't there, but the guy wants a price he doesn't really care about price and his price is low enough that you can make money on it and he'll sell it to you then that's important now if none, none of those four are there right if the guy really is in no rush and he has no reason to sell and he wants top dollar and he says it's in great condition and at that point we'll ask him you know if he has listing somebody to list it with but assuming he has somebody to list it with, then it's really it's still a lead but it's a lead with crappy motivation it's somebody you want to follow up with every month but You've got to understand that that's still a lead because the guy is talking to you, right? The guy wouldn't be talking to you if there was nothing there. That's something you really need to believe, right? I believe all leads, they're either positive or negative, but they really don't want to sell and they'll yell, let you know, or there's something in there that makes them want to sell. They're not always going to be honest with you. It's the, the truth is if they're on the phone with you, if they called you back from a postcard, if they if they call if they call back from a text, if they call back from something that says you, and they know that you're looking to buy a house, there's something there, some motivation. It may not be enough for them to give you the price you need right now, but if it's something where if you stick with him, 
you could either the motivation could change or you could um, convince him that it's worth it. So that is the situation. Um, it's important that you have a definition for a lead. Again, I know people that will never take a listing and that don't want to deal with tire kickers who are looking for retail and they will not they will not consider someone a lead unless their price is X percentage of what their ARV is. That's fine if that's your if that's your definition. But you need to have a definition for a lead so that you really can decide um, how many leads you need to go through the, the pipeline uh, to get a deal. So leads to appointments. Appointments should equal the same amount of offers. Or how many offers you got to make to get a deal. So contract. Um, it's important to have a definition for a lead. You do not need to use ours. That's just our definition for a lead. So, uh, but I think it's important that everyone has some definition for what a lead is. I know we're a little short of 10 minutes. We're coming up on nine minutes, but if you need any help with any of this, you can give a call. Uh, we're here to help. Uh, we don't sell anything. Uh, so call below and uh, um, we're happy to talk to you. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.